Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. As always, and I say this every single week that I do the show, this is my favorite part of the week that I get to spend with you, my listeners who've now made this show in the top 3% globally of all podcasts. And I just, I'm honored by your listening, by your support of the show, by your support of my my guests and myself and the, the work that I'm trying to do to help people learn new questions, to shift their perspectives and to achieve their dreams because that's what it's all about. And my guest today, is somebody that I've known for a really long time. We lost touch for quite a while and we reconnected years ago when he was listening to an episode of my show. And I, it's such a joy to have a fellow, <clears throat> excuse me, lost my voice for a second, to have a fellow tech person on the show, a fellow geek. And beyond that, somebody that I've always respected over the years for his authenticity, for his knowledge, for his wisdom when it comes to growing a business and his humbleness when it comes to talking about how some things didn't always go so right and his willingness to also lift up others around him. And that hasn't changed, which is why I really wanted to have him on the show today because he published a new book, Goals That Matter. Uh, by Michael Nelson is my guest, if you couldn't see that already. And it looks like the book is showing backwards today for some reason. I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, it's it's a joy to me to be able to have him on the show today. And let's see if I turn that off. Is that better? Yes, that is much better. So now it is not a backwards book. You can see the wonderful title, Goals That Mattered, The Deceptively Simple System to Achieve Every Dream. But beyond that, this is not just one of those self-help books or another productivity book or another smart goals system. This has some uniqueness to it. And that's why I want to have Michael on. So let me bring Michael onto the show. Michael, welcome, Mr. Serial Entrepreneur, fellow tech services, um, you know, entrepreneur and so much more. Laura, thanks a lot for having me on. Really excited to be here. Yeah, I, I'm glad we finally got this pulled together. It's been a while coming. My um, my health issues, my ear issues, and then the unplanned gallbladder surgery just really uh, kind of screwed up some of my timing on things. I mean, for the first time in six years, I actually skipped several months of shows. <laughs> wow. That's amazing how uh, we make even the best laid plans. Yes, yeah, it does. And people are like, Laura, you should record shows. You don't have to just do them live. And then when the whole surgery happened, and even when the ear injury happened, and I couldn't do shows because of the ear surgery. Um, and you know, like right now I'm wearing earplugs and all the other stuff to control sound. I, I, I just struggle to plan to record shows because I love the live elements. So as I was reading the book, which in case anybody, for those um, just watch, listening to this on audio, you're missing me showing you this well dog-eared copy of the book. And if you can see that one section that's not so dog-eared, I still haven't figured out why it's not so dog-eared because there's, I think it's just the whole section is such a gem that 
I dog-eared the beginning and the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and the middle section is actually where they go through a lot of the processes developing their goals that matter. Right. You know, and you explain a bunch of different things and you've got lots of wonderful, my favorite thing in the world, questions in here. And uh, you also had a whole section on affirmations and some other things. But I, I laughed when I was reading this, when you originally sent it to me, when we talked about the book coming out. Because I have, with everything going on, you'd think I'd sit down and I'd write out some more of my goals. I'd plan everything all together. But I've definitely skewed where I'm not in that balance, right? As you talk about it, your wheel of life, yep. where you look at where everything's going, how much time is being spent on different things. And I seem to be either skewed, okay, everything is health, just because I can't function. And yep. then when I have a moment where I can function, and I then it goes to work, because I've got deadlines and there are other things. And there's not as much balance. Now I'm single. I don't have any children, twice divorced. So that's not really there. I do spend some time with friends, but I want to my first question that I really want to ask you is it's not the usual, why did you write this book? Okay. Because anybody can read this book and understand why you wrote this book. What I want to ask is for you, when you were writing this, what shifted for you? Wow, that's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. Um, so I got a lot more clarity on, I, I had built the, the I call it the GTM system, the, the process that people go through um, and had worked, taken several hundred people through it, through on, live live courses in effect uh we did them actually in person back pre-covid but the book it's really easy live being able to answer people's questions but when i'm trying to get it down into a book i had to make sure that all of those questions that that the things that would come up in trying to understand how to go through the system how to set the smart goals how how to break it down how how to find that balance trying to convey that through the system. So it was really, it forced me to get even better clarity around the system and design it in, in such a way that it was easier, easy for people to do on their own. Um, so it, it just, it made the system get even tighter. Um, it, it's uh, the questions you talked about the balance. The, the reason I started th the first exercise in the book is doing the, the, the wheel of life, the balance is because it is so easy, especially entrepreneurs. It's what we do. We work all the time. It's really simple. And it, and I've taken a lot of entrepreneurs through the system. And inevitably, you know, that's at a nine or a 10, but their relationships, the the enjoyment, the other things in, in the six areas of life are seriously lacking. And, and you're right. It is not uncommon for dry, driven people to be completely out of whack. And it feels because we're so busy and we're accomplishing so much that we 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 are really we're doing it well. And kind of the thing to look at is, yeah, we may be doing our businesses really well, but here's the other things in your life that really need attention as well. 
Um, so I, I, I guess what shifted was really getting even clearer on tightening up the system. Okay. I get the feeling from reading the book, and that's why I asked the question, that some other areas of your life got tightened up, you know, writing the book, because I know when I wrote my book, you know, what would a wise woman do? That as I'm writing this stuff, I realized some areas where I sort of, I talked to some things because I re recently reread my book. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not done that yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's really worth rereading your books. Anybody out there who's written a book, go back and reread your book, especially if it's a nonfiction book. It's a really interesting exercise. So when I reread my book, I realized that when I was writing it, so much of it was I was just living it. I was breathing it. But there were areas of it that as I was writing it, I went, oh, no, I can't say that because I'm not doing that 100% of the time. And I got so much more clarity on what I wanted and who I was as a person as well when I was writing the book. And what I wanted really to be not just my legacy out there in the world, but almost like my obit. I wanted people to say certain things about me. And so I got a lot of clarity writing my book. And I, I may be wrong, Michael, but when I read it and knowing you and seeing posts and different things you're doing, I, I, I feel like there's something that shifted for you during the time it took you to write the book that anchored this deeper into you, that it became not just a system anymore, but who you are. Well, it absolutely became a way of life. And, and it interesting, it was actually the year and a half, two years preceding actually sitting down and writing it where this came, because I talk about in the book that, you know, I used to look at my goals. I've, I've always been a goal setter, but I do annual goals and look at them maybe quarterly. Right. And then, you know, I got to it monthly. In 2017, I'd read Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning, and started that daily practice. That's when things really shifted in my life was building the, the, the daily practice that, you know, and he's got a great system for that. But I added my goal sheet into my daily review. And that's when it really became a standard part of my life. And honestly, I could not have written the book had I not taken that step. Because I have my primary business, which, as you know, is a managed service provider. We, it, it's effectively outsourced IT. Was doing extremely well, was growing. We have, a, and it's still growing a lot. And I needed to carve out the time to be able to write the book, do all the edits. You know, you know what it takes to write a book. Had I not had this, this seared into my daily habits where I had made goal setting and goal achieving a regular practice, a daily practice and part of my life, I wouldn't have had the discipline because again, it's so easy as an entrepreneur. Well, this has to have all of my focus and that's, it's easy. Any entrepreneur on, on, on the skull is going to know 
it's super easy. We can spend 80 hours a week doing that without even without any blinking because there's oh, always yeah. more that we can do. So doing that, also keeping up on my health. I also started part of this other was also starting the ultra marathons. And then also right. Which the by book. the way, mind blowing. I I I, <laughs> I tried to run after a dog the other day and in, in like four steps, I'm like, I don't like running. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I it was a slog for me the first uh probably six months until the day that I ran, I think it was about six and a half, seven miles, and I got that runner tie. And I was like, oh. That's what they're talking about. And it just kind of, it changed everything. And then long distance after that became easier. Okay, good. Continue what you're saying. I just, the ultra marathon thing blows my mind. Kudos to you. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. Um, so really, yeah, it, it I, I think where the real change for me, like I said, was once that became my regular daily practice, it made it much easier to, it just became part of my life. It became my daily practice. And also tied with accountability. Uh, it's also where I started having a weekly accountability call with my accountability buddy. Um, and that that changes everything. And knowing that every Monday morning at 7.35 a.m., I'm having a call and saying, well, I had committed to writing five days last week for 30 minutes every day, non-negotiable. I have accountability around that. So I wanted to show up being accountable. It's interesting that you say accountability because I find that that's missing in so many gurus goal setting stuff, right? They're like, set your goal, read your goal every day, um, and you know it'll happen. But what I've seen, even with the power of questions that I talk about so often, is if you're not speaking your goals or speaking your questions to the right people, yep. then it's very easy to get sidetracked. And that's where really great accountability partners can make all the difference to the success of your goals. Cause they can look at your goals and go, okay, where'd that come from? Right. Making sure it's your own goal instead of some other goal that you feel like you must meet for some reason. And when you talked about your goals and your worksheets that you talk about in this book, that they, people can get all the resources off of your your website as well. They can download all the spread, all the sheets and and worksheets as well. I I just really I want to talk about that idea for, about accountability and the types of goals as well, if you don't mind talking about yep. that, because you mentioned ultra marathons. You you talked about some of the business goals. We mentioned this wheel of life. Mm -hmm. that you talk about in the beginning of the book, the first part of the exercise, which is the wheel of life. And my favorite thing, 50 questions. <laughs> Why is it, especially with entrepreneurs, that it's very easy to put the business goal or the financial goal, but taking time for themselves and their life and family and other goals feels like you're cheating. Like there's guilt, okay, around having a goal as an entrepreneur about anything other than the business. Well said. 
And that's why, again, I start with that wheel of life. It, it, it's funny, almost every single live coaching, live GTM session that I did with entrepreneurs, uh, we, we start with the what matters sheet and they just identify everything in their life that matters. Not that it's a goal. All I want, all I want them to do in the beginning is just what matters to you in your life. Inevitably, every single one of them said they wanted to have a deeper, meaningful relationship with their spouse or partner. And they wanted to spend more time with their kids. Almost without fail, all of them. And it became this great discussion is, okay, how are you going to do that? Well, I don't have the time because I do this and I do this and I do that. Um, so where one of my best lines in the book, I think, came from, show me your calendar, I'll show you what matters. And when you put it, to you put it that way, so you say that you want this doesn't matter. And once they commit to, yes, I want this, then it's a simple matter of, okay, let's break it down and let's get it on the calendar. Inevitably, almost every single one of them left with a date night once a week with their partner or their spouse. Okay. And a lot of them added, I'm going to have a day a month that I spend with each child. So a lot of them took, they started doing one day dates. So they'd spend an afternoon, they'd go golfing and they they'd do it with what the kids enjoyed doing. Um, to your question of why is it easier? It's the path of least resistance because especially as entrepreneurs, we're the providers. We're providing not just for our family, but we're providing for a lot of other families out there as well. So it's not just the employees, but it's their spouses. It's their kids that are also relying on us as business people to run a good business, keep them, keep them employed, keep them earning. So there's a lot of pressure on that. It makes it really easy to focus on just that and think when I get here, I can, then I can spend more time with my spouse. Then I can spend more time with my kids. But as a lot of older entrepreneurs know, once they've sold their businesses, their kids are already gone and their relationship with their spouse is no longer healthy. So the goal is to get in front of that and, and kind of wrapping around to the accountability. That's where really that accountability helps. Once you've identified the what matters, then it's getting it into a regular practice, just setting some goals around that, but then being accountable to that. You said it was important to do a date night with your spouse every week. You're not doing that. Okay, let's get that in the calendar. So it, it's that dual side of accountability with understanding and, and here's what, and okay, back to your original question, what changed? One of the things that became very apparent through, by the time I got done writing the book, was I could actually have spent, prior to writing the book, I was probably spending 60 to 70 hours a week in my business. Afterwards, I was spending more 40 to 50. And I had a lot better balance. I was traveling more. I was exercising more. I was eating better. Because all areas of my life were more in balance. And the shocking thing is, it gave me a lot more time because I had a lot more energy. And I could focus better. It, it's... You know, we, you spend 12 hours at the office, hours 
after eight through 12 are just not going to be anywhere near as effective as ours one through three. So if you can focus better and give yourself the gift of balance, you're going to have a lot more focused time when you're working. It, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm listening to what you said and I have about 30 thoughts roaming through my head right now. So I'm trying to click of on you do. You're an entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, which, which, where should I click to go here with that? I know for my listeners that a number of them have a very hard time believing that working less will enable them to do more. I get it. I was one of them. Okay. Let's talk about that some more. I mean, it, it's a big part of, of your book, Goals That Matter. It's a huge part of it. This idea of you can actually get more done in less time if you're clear on what you want to do and you set boundaries around things and you make steps to do it. But let's, can you expand on that some more with people that you've done this work with? and in your own life with multiple businesses that you've had and ultra marathons and all the other stuff. So how can being more focused, working less hours in your business or on your business, how can it actually help you be more productive? So when you, when you turn into a daily practice of identifying what matters and, and setting those goals in front of you, it makes it much easier to be able to say no. Very simple practice that I still struggle with is email. Emails typically when they come in, ding or flash up a little message and it pulls your attention. Now I've turned it off so it doesn't ding, doesn't do any of that. But still my eye is drawn when a new email message comes in. During the business day, when I go offline an email, so I can keep Outlook open, have my tasks, have all my to-dos. I can still reply to emails, but it's offline. So until I tell it to go back off online, it doesn't send and receive. The days that I go offline for 90 minutes, reply to the emails and they just sit in the outbox, get everything done that I need to do, and then go back online. I have now had 90 focused minutes without an interruption. When our mind gets distracted, when we go, when we see, when an email comes in, whether or not we actually answer it, you've now got an open loop. And I talk about this in the book as well. Having open loops in our head take energy away from us. We've got something that we need to do. Or even worse, I heard that ding. I know I've got an email in there. I may have an issue that I need to deal with. So I've got this little brain drain of energy being taken away from what I'm focusing on. Okay. So being able to do just these little tricks, these little hacks help focus the energy. One of the other suggestions on the phone, my phone does not beep, it does not buzz, and it does not make a noise in any way, shape, or form. The only thing is if the phone rings. Further, the, the little icon for email, I have no idea how many unread email messages I have on my phone. I don't. I also don't allow it to do banner notifications. So I've turned off all of that. 
So the only thing I know is how many unread texts I have and if there's a voicemail. Other than that, nothing else shows a number because I don't want to have that open loop. Oh, there's an email. Well, I once you see that, especially for, for entrepreneurs, <laughs> I need to deal with that. What if it's so a customer? That, what if it's a complaint? What if it's an order? What if it's whatever? Exactly. And and I and that's the first thing I can't turn my email off. Okay. Work with somebody in your office that watches the email. You take turns doing this. Try it for an hour, two times a week. Just see how it feels. Try it for a half an hour. What I found was I'm just not that important. I can go <laughs> 60 minutes without. If it's really important, they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to call the company. So that kind of a thing. It's also focusing our time. Too many of us get on the phone, Facebook, scrolling through these things, the news feeds. That's an easy way to pick up time. How much time do we spend watching TV? Okay, can we change that and do that with our family and get a twofer so that I want to spend more time with the kids? Let's watch the kids' favorite show. That could be another way. So it, it's it's reclaiming, I don't want to say lost time, but less valuably used time. Once you identify what matters, put it in the calendar. So the running, that's in my calendar. I just know when I'm going to run so that I don't even have to think about it. It's not taking any energy that I have to motivate myself to go run. It's on my calendar, so I'm going to do it. These little energy hacks are ways to reclaim some time. And by looking at the goals every day, it makes it really simple, like I said, to know what matters and say no to the rest. And then I want to circle back to accountability. One of my favorite lines from AA is, stay out of your head. There's no adult supervision in there. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. The things that we can justify to ourselves is utterly amazing, especially our body wants to be comfortable. It wants rest. It wants to be comfortable. It, often it's the path of least resistance. It's really easy after a long, hard day, you got bit by a client, you got this, you wanted to get all of this done and all of these things happened. You had a run plan, but you didn't get it done in time. Now it's dark, you're driving home, you're tired, you're hungry, and you stop by and get some fast food and it doesn't meet your goals. Well, if you had the day I had, I'm tired. I don't want to go home and cook. And we justify to ourselves why it's okay to do this. And, and our brains are phenomenal at giving us the reasons why and accepting that it makes sense. But if you know you have an accountability call, you know, I didn't run because it was raining. And I've used that excuse and the reply is always, what, you would have melted? <laughs> okay, it's raining, too bad. You know it's gonna rain, you run. Um, these, it, it's, it's, so getting it in the calendar, little hacks, and I've got lots of little life hacks in the book that help find more time, which allows you to have more focus. So yeah, it seems counterintuitive that I could work 45 hours a week instead of 70. Done correctly, you can. One of the things that I used to do for myself when I had 
guardian angel computer services and, and other things and that I work with my clients on is for three days, keep a pad next to you. And, you know, I even had a, um, a word document that somebody could print out or a spreadsheet that was in 15 minute increments during the day and write down what you do. Even if it's, I ate, I drank water, I, whatever you do in 15 minute increments. And then after the end of three days, or a week, depending on the person, you look at that and you can see how much time goes to things you don't even think about. Absolutely. You know, maybe a two hour chat with a friend or I watch, I binged watched something on Netflix or yesterday I had to bring my car up to the car dealership with a problem. And then it started the nightmare of the ear triggering and the disequilibrium, which literally shut me down for six hours. Yeah. I mean, I could not do anything other than lay on my couch in total silence to get my body to calm down, taking ridiculous amounts of ibuprofen to get my body to calm. It's like, you can't even meditate because your body's just like this. Um, I've learned during those times I call a friend whose voice will not trigger me <laughs> and they'll be like, take three breaths because <laughs> you can't even think of those three breaths. If I had listened to myself before I drove my car to the dealership, I would have realized probably they're going to need the car overnight. So it's not just me sitting there for a couple of hours while they do what they need to. And I would have had them come pick the car up, yep. had the service, you know, explain to the person picking it up what was going on, had the service advisor call me. That's two hours of my day reclaimed. Yep. Plus six, because I wouldn't have had to deal with that. Plus I inconvenienced a dear friend, Cindy, who, when we realized I couldn't get home with a loaner car, that she drove up and came and got me. So just thinking through your day is what I hear in all of that, but refining it to what matters. Yep. Every single thing that I hear you say goes to this idea of what if your day unfolded for what matters and some emergencies that come up, right? Versus allowing yourself to constantly be buffeted by the wind in whatever direction it wants, but never coming back to a, a course. Is that a kind of a good analogy? Yeah, yeah. reactive versus proactive. Yeah, and, okay. and again, that's why as much as you can look at things through the lens, is this moving me towards my goals or away from my goals? And and your idea, the, the tracking the time, it, it's, you know, when people are trying to save money, um, the, the, the financial gurus say, list everything you spend for two weeks and then look and see where you're leaking money. Well, the same is true of time. Where are you leaking time that is of low value? Now, we still all need, I, I happened to find Ted Lasso last week. <laughs> <laughs> I have not binged like that in a very, very long time, but it was also, you know, we need to give ourselves that gift of downtime as well. So I'm not saying everything needs to be productive all the time. We also need to build in that downtime. Build it in, again, I, I love two, what I call twofers. 
how can I, you know, I want to spend more time with my spouse. I want to have relaxing time. I want to exercise. I want to, okay, what about if you go running with your spouse? What if you plan a relaxing Sunday night binge watching where you can have that downtime, you can have the time and you can get two furs, sometimes three furs um, that will help move you towards your goals. And, and again, back to writing it down. I think that's a brilliant idea because um, it's really easy at that point to see. I mean, you want another scary one. Just go into your iPhone and look at the, uh, I, I forget what it's called, but it's the usage. You want to see how much time you're spending on something. That is a sobering experience. Yeah, it, it really is. Because I, I looked at it um, when I was dealing with my ear a lot. And when I was post gallbladder surgery, so much of it was spent on this game where you had to arrange blocks and whatever. And I was trying to figure out why. And I realized that it made my brain stop. Mm -hmm. So there was some use in it, but it also was an avoidance because I didn't have the energy to do the other things because I just, if I had, it's almost like a traumatic brain injury, the whole ear stuff that's gone on mm -hmm. with me, that if you try to use the brain in certain ways that triggers different portions of the brain to engage, it actually hurts more. So you have to give the brain time to heal. Binge watching Ted Lasso gives the brain some time to slow down, let the chemicals sort of subside. And, but if you do that every single day, while you have these other goals you've defined that you brilliantly explain how to get to in here, it can make those when you're doing the Ted Lasso binge, even more impactful because you treasure it more. It becomes conscious versus unconscious. What do you say and, about that? And more enjoyable because I've I actually put downtime into my planning because I want I want to be able to have that downtime. Um, if if we're just constantly going, 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 it, it's no good. Yesterday, had a really stressful day from a security event with, with the primary business. Um, it just, it, there's so many things I need to get done. I actually stopped and took a 20-minute run halfway through the afternoon because my brain was just going crazy on fire and I needed to have some time away. And, and we've all been there where you've just got this, crazy list and these things happen and now you've got to do this it, it's the unexpected and bam now you're just in this this uh, like the, the the rat on the 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 wheel that you're just spinning, spinning the gerbil spinning. wheel yeah the gerbil <laughs> wheel but you're not making any progress and stepping back and taking some time to get refocused. Again, there's so many different ways we can do this, but one way or the other, your body is going to get that time back. Your body is a an amazing machine at self-protection. It's, it's either going to get you sick to slow you down, or you're going to go numb. You're going to numb things out. I, I talk about the, in the book that I got sober 18 years ago, that was an easy way to numb out. 
food is another really easy way to do that. So again, if is this moving me towards or away from my goals? If we look at things in that light and on the days that it's challenging, you get to call that accountability partner. Hey, having a rough day, want to go eat my <laughs> Chinese takeout food and a slice of cake. That is my default, horrible, bad day go-to. And, and I rarely do that anymore. Wish I could say I never do it, but I rarely do it anymore because there's better mechanisms. But we're human. We're going to go through some of those days. We're going to have that. And, you know, talking about the, the gallbladder and the ear, um, I went through, I got diagnosed with cancer in December and had set, I had already set up my goals for the year. Um, I do my goals for the next year in, in, uh, in early December. And I found out I, uh, it was December 15th threw a lot of things out the window for the year. Cause I had to go through the chemo and radiation and everything's clean now. Um, but life is going to throw us curves how we respond to those. And again, I had to look at what matters, look at my goals. I had to refine some of them. Obviously there was, you know, running was going to be out of the equation for quite a few months, met with my accountability partner and talked about what I could do, what I should do, what I wanted to do, and then gave myself permission on the other things to say, Hey, this can wait until next year. This I can move off until one quarter after the treatment's done. Making those kind of decisions, but again, going back to there's no adult supervision in there, having another person who knows you, knows your goals, and knows what matters makes it really, really awesome to be able to go and have that conversation outside of our own head and our own justifications. And especially when life throws us curves and it's going to happen. If we plan for everything's going to be perfect, we're not going to meet our goals. We need to understand things will happen in life. It's how we respond and how we recover from that that'll help decide whether we we achieve our goals. So I started writing some notes down because there's three directions I want to go. And <laughs> I may end up having to bring you back on the show because we're just not going to have enough time to cover all of them. Two things I want to make sure we cover. And to everybody listening to the show, um, I'm not going to have take us through everything that's in the book and take us through his worksheets and all of that. I encourage you to get a copy of the book and go to his website, subscribe. He'll send you emails and you can download the worksheets. But there's two things I, I, I really want to make sure we cover. And one of them is willpower. And uh -huh. I, I found the page on the book where you, you talk to talk about it in page 26, where you talk about conserving willpower. And the other, because this is a concept and you know, I mean, you have a goal of reading 52 books a year. Mm -hmm. That's light for me because I have so many people on my show and people send me books and almost everybody's got a book. <laughs> And I have to read them and decide, is this somebody, you know, unless it's somebody I know, then it's like, oh yeah, this is a no brainer, like with you, you know, but I did want to read the book first before I had you on the show. So like on average, I can read a hundred books a year. Thank God I read really, really fast. 
<laughs> and have high retention rates. Accountability, I think, is so critical, though. How does somebody pick an accountability person uh, or partner? Because if you pick the wrong one or the not best one, yep. let's instead of saying wrong, because there's no right or wrong, it's just who is the the most aligned that will cut through for you. How does somebody do that, Michael? So um, interesting you say most aligned. So I want to touch on that because it isn't necessarily that they need to have the same goals as you. Right, exactly. But one, um, uh, John Lee Dumas. Um, sure. Podcaster's Paradise. Uh, one, of his, one of his most famous lines is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And that really is the gauge here. And, and I talk about different ways to choose an accountability partner and where to find them. So I'm a runner. Um, my long runs are on the weekend. So my friends know Saturday night, I'm going to be in bed by nine o'clock. So I, especially I live in the Sacramento Valley of California during the summertime, which is when I'm doing a lot of my long runs training for a fall race is, you know, we get up to 110 degrees sometimes. So I've got to be up by 5 a.m. and running for these long <clears throat> three, four hour training runs. So my people know I don't go out on Saturday night unless I'm home by nine o'clock so I can get in bed and be up early to run on Sunday. Because that's a goal that matters. Yeah, exactly. And if I've got a group of friends that say, oh, come on, stay out, have another beer, eat this. Do, you know, it doesn't matter. You can run later. I don't have people that are supporting me. And not all my friends run. Not all of my friends, you know, I've got friends that aren't sober as well. Um, not all of them eat perfectly. Heck, some of them don't even follow a goal setting system. Um, but my accountability partner does. Now, I got really lucky that I started working out with a personal trainer, gosh, coming up on six years ago. It's actually the one who got me into running. We ended, ended up becoming very good friends, and he's my accountability partner. He's also an author. He's a runner. Um, it, there's a lot of things that we have in common. But the most important is that we have both committed to achieving our goals. So knowing that I have that accountability call, and both of us show up. Now, again, I'm not 100% every week. I wish I were. But I am most often 90%, often 100%. But I'm going to have some weeks where things just don't go right. That's part of life. Having somebody that also shows up achieving most of the time what they say that they're going to do. Because if I show up without having achieved on a regular basis, I can't hold him accountable and vice versa. If he's constantly showing up at 60 or 70%, it makes it really easy for me to go, well, eh, I can miss that. He's missed one. You know, he's not going to be able to hold me accountable. And then we hold each other accountable to the depths of mediocrity. That's not what we want. So finding somebody that is committed as you are, like you are, not maybe not, you know, people don't have to be crazy like me, but having that level of commitment to achieving, where do you find them? You might have somebody at work that is good on meeting their deadlines, good on following through. 
somebody at the gym that you see there the same as much as you that you're seeing on a regular basis um, in your neighborhood, the one who's got the cleanest yard, the cleanest house and the cleanest car, that they already have habits of success. What you want to look for, success leaves clues. It's easy to see where people are successful. Look for the people that are leaving those clues of success. They're not going to be perfect. Um, talk to them, see where their goals. Getting into a meetup group. There's lots of meetup groups for runners, for cyclists, for this. There's a lot of different things where you have people with common interest. Tying it to a goal that you have, finding a meetup meet around that is a great thing. Buy the book, give it to somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for an accountability partner. Wondered if this, this resonates with you. Getting somebody that way is one of the best ways. You want to stay away from family. You want to stay away from spouses. <laughs> you do not want to have spouses be your accountability partner. There's too many other issues tied in with that. You want to have somebody outside. Um, but you I want your spouse, I would think you'd want your spouse to know what your goals are and be not aligned, but be on board supportive, supportive and on board exactly especially if you've got kids this changes the equation so it's one of the other suggestions that i have is you need to enroll your spouse into what your goals are and what you want to achieve you've also got to give them time so if you need to go for a run for 45 minutes and you need the spouse to watch the kids return that favor okay hey i'm gonna go run for i'm, I'm gonna be gone for the next hour can i have the kids when I get back for an hour and then you can go do your thing. Now that thing may be going and taking a bath. It may be going out with friends. It may not be aligned with your goals, but make sure that you're making this equitable for your spouse. And it's really easy and, and all of us have been guilty. We get really excited about something and we want everybody to do it. My suggestion would be share the book, and if it resonates, it resonates. People need to come to this system in their time. If they're not ready to start a system like this, there's just going to end up being half starts and possibly even some resentments. But but getting your partner enrolled is very important. Okay. So much to unpack in all that you said. I want to make sure we cover the willpower thing. And yep. that leads from this conversation around accountability, especially in the early stages of it. When you, you've arranged with an accountability partner that fits most, if not all, of what you just described so powerfully, the early stages of working towards your goals often require willpower. But in the book, and I love this because people have said to me over the years, well, you know, you just have to will it. You have to have willpower. You have to have willpower. And I say to them, you know, sometimes willpower isn't enough because if you, if you do everything with willpower, eventually it runs out and they're like, oh no, willpower never runs out. And I'm like, mm. Okay, sometimes you can exhaust yourself. And you talk about principle three inside the book, inside uh, the chapter on 10 principles to create success. And 
I just want to read one part. You say, overusing willpower leads to decision fatigue. The ability to accomplish our goals takes willpower. And then you define willpower as control exerted to do something or restrain impulses. The problem is willpower is like a battery. It's not unlimited. I have never seen that in writing in the thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and I'm not exaggerating, books that I've read. I was like, kindred spirit, okay, <laughs> but but how do I do that, right? So how do I do my goals? And I know my listeners are saying, are, are going, well, I, I'm struggling with this idea of willpowers like a battery. They're like, your reserves are a battery. That's got nothing to do with willpower. So for me, for my listeners, for the mind blown that you did to me, just even on that one page that I, I, you know, I'm like willpower. I want to talk about that. I forgot to stick my post-it, but like, I just knew I like open. I'm like, yeah, that's that page amongst all of my um, dog earring. So can you talk to that please? <laughs> so that again, I, I truly believe like you just read, um, it is like a battery this again going back to that example of having the horrible day having planned to run i'm at the office now i got to drive home i i had planned on having this really good healthy cooked home cooked meal and you just got beat up you're tired you have no energy left you've depleted that willpower battery you've depleted that energy battery which willpower does require energy so creating any habits you can to conserve that willpower, taking away the choices. So I talked about this daily miracle morning. I do Hal Elrod's book. It's funny. Some people are like, I'll do that five days a week. I do it seven days a week without fail for one reason. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to exert any energy deciding whether I'm going to do it that day or not. A lot of people run first thing in the morning. Bed's warm. It's wintertime. I want to stay in bed. I want to be warm. I don't want to run. I can run tomorrow. Make it easy. Lay out the running clothes the night before and put your alarm clock on the other side of the room next to the running clothes. Now, first thing out of the day, first thing out of the gate, I don't have to waste any energy convincing myself to get out of that warm bed, to put on the clothes, lace up the shoes and go running. It's a small little thing, but think about all of these things that we want to get done. The eating at home, the, the eating the healthy meal. I've gotten much better at it now because once a week I cut up most of the things or I'll pre-cook the meal so that I have them ready. Taking little steps to make it easier to achieve the goals. Every little thing you can do preserves more energy. And you can also feed that battery back up. One of the things I talk about, it's uh, uh, Admiral William McRaven in a commencement speech talks about first thing, make your bed. And he's got a great, it, it, there's a great YouTube video of him. But the basic idea is you get up and you make your bed and you've started your day with one small success. 
Success begets success. So you've you've added a little bit of energy to that battery. So going back to the the, the running in the morning, the, the clothes are laid out, the alarm's on the other side. I get up, put on the clothes, make the bet. Now I've got, I haven't wasted any energy trying to get into those clothes and get out on the road to run. I've, I've added a little bit of energy by having a small little success. It's very small, but again, each little success builds on that energy. And then throughout the day, you've just got these little successes that keep building, which actually regenerates more energy for that willpower. Contrasted with these days that go completely south on us, and we end up at McDonald's on the way home with a Big Mac and fries instead of that healthy meal, and I haven't run. Yeah, let me have some chocolate or excess coffee—not even excess, just coffee or whatever—to give me the energy to keep going instead of taking a moment, taking a deep breath, and taking the run or a rest. Yeah. All, all wound up yesterday with a lot of things left on my to-do list. I could have gone down, made a coffee, had double espresso, slammed that, and then powered through more. Took a second, stopped, went for a run, got some energy. So so again, these are just, they, they keep building on themselves to give you more energy. Um, a lot of it, 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 my trainer would hate me if I didn't talk about the health aspect. The more that we can do things exercise and, and eating well, that provides a lot of energy to our bodies as well. Again, this is, I, I did not eat well. I'm 56 years old. My health, my, my eating habits have gotten better over the last several years, but that was a process as well by being around people who eat, ate more plant-based. Um, it, it, it's again, it goes back to the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So, so kind of trying to tie it together, the, the willpower, anything. So conserve it by building in these little hacks, calendar, what you want to get done, make anything that you can do to shortcut the amount of energy that it takes to do it, especially as we're building these habits, cutting up the food in advance to make sure that it's easy and done in the fridge. So it's easy to throw together that salad. Um, laying the clothes out, like I talked about, getting things into your calendar to make sure that it's just your time is protected. It's really easy. If you look at your calendar today and the next two days, how many things on your calendar were made weeks ago when your calendar was open? Well, looking at it today, if you had to do it all over, knowing what you know about today, would you make that appointment <laughs> still? So nether, it's those little things. So putting in, if, if you want to take up running, calendar it in for the next month. Protect that time to make sure you have it. So just these little hacks that you can do help conserve that willpower battery is what I call it. Yeah, I had to, once the ear injury happened, I needed to block my morning before my show and yep. a couple of hours after my show nothing goes in there. Yep. You know, I may have a doctor's appointment that you're just sort of stuck because if you don't yep. have it that day or time, you know, but I try, I actually have it blocked out on my calendar because I need the recovery time for my ear. Mm -hmm. If I do things before my show that uses up ear and brain and willpower reserves to enable me to do yep. the show. So I've learned that that's what, I need to do. And 
I mentor a lot of people with several women's groups that I'm involved with. I, me, I, I, you're Michael the same way, right? You want to help everybody. I know mentoring is a big thing that you want to get more involved with. And if it wasn't with women's groups that we're only allowing women to mentor women, I'd be like, let's <laughs> give Michael a chance to work with some female entrepreneurs, but they only allow women to mentor women. But I had to say only a couple of these are allowed a week and there's definitely no more than one at a time and they can't just book it last minute it has to be a couple of weeks out unless there's an emergency they need something with because it burns so much of my reserves yep. that I can't do other things, my own goals, and it becomes yep. all consuming. So get, with that, go ahead. Show me, show me your calendar and I'll show you what matters. And, and that's really, really true. Protect that time, get it scheduled out. I, I schedule months in advance for protecting that time. That's great. Show me your calendar and I will show you what happened, what matters. What matters. Yeah. Okay. We're running out of time. <laughs> Probably going to have to have you back on. Would but... love to be back. Okay, cool. Fun. I'm just writing that last quote because it is such a tweetable quote out there, everybody. <laughs> show me your calendar and I'll show you what matters. Um, how do people get your book? How do they get in touch with you? And there's a bunch of resources that are downloadable from here, but you really need the book to have it all make sense. So yeah. how do they do that? Uh, the book, uh, you can go to the website, uh, goalsthatmatter.com. Uh, there's a resources link. Uh, just submit your email address and your name. Uh, it'll email you all of the documents that you need to be able to do this. There's three primary documents that are kind of the core critical part, but it's all the exercises that come with it. Uh, it's the 50 questions. The There's a lot of, there's a, exercises that help you focus even have a better understanding of what matters. So they can get there. It's available. Uh, you can go into Facebook. I've got a Facebook page, Goals That Matter, as well as LinkedIn. Uh, to be able to get the book, it's available on Amazon. Just go in and type Goals That Matter. Okay, so that you want them to go to goalsthatmatter.com. They to can get, get the documents resources. there. Yep. Go buy the book, Amazon, uh, wherever books are sold, pretty yep. much. But Amazon's a, the big spot for it. And... Can they reach you directly through the yeah. Goals That Matter website? They can do that or email me, Michael, at goalsthatmatter.com. I love hearing from people. Yeah, you have a number about, of... I love hearing about their successes. That's that. It's so much fun to, to hear from people. It's like, I was able to make this change in my life. That's that's the coolest part of doing this is how it, it... Kind of like being an entrepreneur. We get to touch people's lives and their family and the people around them that this book does the same thing. It's, it's, I really love this. Oh, I, I love it too. I'm so glad that we managed to get you on the show and we're, you know what? Let's plan the beginning of the new year. Let's have you back on the show and take people through a plan. Actually, let's just do a bonus thing. It doesn't even have to be the show. Let's you and I record something where we walk people through it. Okay. Okay. And we'll use it as a bonus to everybody. 
take people through it some more and we'll put it up on the podcast and we'll put it all the other places, okay. but let's, let's do something with some screen sharing and, and show some, if you're, if you're on board with it, I think it would be Absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely. Okay. So cool. we can do it off of your, what matters sheet or off of mine. Okay. So I have to do my, what matters. Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so often the Guinea pig on my show, as you know, I mean, everybody that comes on my show, they're like, Oh, Laura, well, let me take you through this. You know, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm like burying my soul, I'm which is fine. So go look at your calendar, see if that's even a viable thing. Uh, yeah. I would love to work through that. If, if we have a guest that wants to do it with us live, that'd be awesome too. Lots okay, cool. I love the idea. I love the concept. It's really, really great. And we can go in that way. We can demonstrate some more of what's in here. But so Michael at goals that goals that matter.com go to the website goals that matter.com get the book plan for it. We can do a, a whole zoom thing with people. Even let's, let's brainstorm this out. I know I put you on the spot with it, but um, I know my listeners would love to have some more of this. And I know you do live sessions. Do you have any lives coming up or Zooms coming up Not where you take people scheduled. through? Not currently scheduled, but we can do it. Okay. So that'd be fun. Lots of stuff and some people I want to refer you to that could get a lot out of this as well. So thank you for being on the show and uh, grateful always. Thanks for having me, Laura. It's great to be here. All right, everybody, I just had, as you heard, Michael Nelson, Goals That Matter, The Deceptively Simple System to Achieve Every Dream. And I love the fact that I'm holding the book up for those of you who are watching this live stream via video. For those that are on podcasts, you missed the cool cover. <laughs> so you'll just have to go get the book to see it. One of the things that I just learned from Michael, not only from reading the book, but just what, what he was talking about on the show today I, I love this quote, show me your calendar and I'll show you what matters. If you don't plan it, it's probably not going to happen. I've talked about that for years. This is sixth year on the show, but this system really cuts through so much of that and balances so many different parts of your life. I'd love to know what you think of today's show as always. So you can always reach me. Laura at laurasteward.com or on any of the social media platforms at the Laura Steward. So find me, let me know what you think. Let Michael know what you think. He's on Facebook, LinkedIn, and all over the place. We'd love to hear it. Post underneath this show episode. Uh, it's and Jeff Newman, thanks for making some comments out into the chat during the show live today. Always great to see you, my friend, another uh, tech person from back in the days when I had my MSP. Remember, at the end of the day, the right questions can change your life and the right goals can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.